Hello and welcome to Powerful Nonsense, the new podcast about entrepreneurship in the digital economy. Uh, This is the first episode we'll be talking about uh, building a business to fund your passion. Uh, But before we kind of go into that, I'd like uh, just to introduce uh, my co-host, my good friend, Jem Yildiz. Hello, Wayne. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. So we're going to quickly give a brief introduction to who we are and why we deserve to actually have your attention. And uh, to be honest, we're not going to say we're any sort of big shots, but we actually just want to help other people get into this world of entrepreneurship. We're starting business ourselves. We're young people. We've graduated in the last two years. And so we want to use this podcast to actually just speak to young people as well or anybody who's thinking about starting their starting a, their own business and sort of just show you some support, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's start with uh, you, Jim. Um, where, like, what, what is it you do and where are you on your on your journey at the moment? Well, at the moment, obviously, I was I came out of university. I got myself a job, like like you're supposed to do, and then I'm I actually quit my job to go traveling. And so, after I did that, I got back. I'd been reading like the Four Hour Work Week and all these sort of lean startup to get an idea of a sort of entrepreneurship and starting your own business. And so I actually thought, actually, let me just uh, take the risk and actually try start up my own business. If I can add value to a company, then maybe I can actually imply um, use those skills to create money for myself, really. And so, yeah, I've just been doing that for the last three months, I'd say. Cool. Okay. And and as as for me, um, I am an actor slash entrepreneur um, in the sense that I've built up my own theatrical production company um, and, and really have learned quite a lot on that journey in the last uh, couple of years, really, um, and kind of want to bring my observations to the table as well uh, with this podcast. And I guess I should probably actually say that my skill set actually lies in uh, <laughs> digital content producing and like creating digital marketing assets online. And so I, I love all things digital. So that's Ooh. sort of my background. Digital is good. So digital we'll, we'll actually get economy. into the main points of this podcast and what we'll be discussing today. So if Wayne, if you give us a brief overview. Yeah, so we're going to be looking, uh, first of all, at um, kind of why you do what you do and how important it is to know uh, what that is. It's a subject that's covered quite vastly online, but it's something we kind of want to touch in just to kind of give you a good idea as to where we're coming from uh, from this podcast uh, from now into the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll be talking about networks, um, having a minimal viable living, so knowing exactly what your expenses are, um, and also about uh, utilising and your network in the form of a mastermind group and how supportive that can be Uh, but we want to start off uh, with a quote again just to kind of set up where we're coming from particularly for this first episode um, which comes from James Altucher yep that's the one uh, who wrote the book choose yourself uh, which is available on Amazon, uh, on your Kindle for only a It's £1.29 if anybody wants to buy and I'd definitely say it's a a great book to read yeah definitely And, and we don't don't get any uh, any monies from that, do we? No, not at the moment. It's purely purely just <laughs> purely just from a, a kind of advice to you. Just give that a read. Um, so his quote goes like this: In this new era, you have two choices: become a temp staffer, not a horrible choice, or become an artist entrepreneur. Um, which I think quite nicely goes into the finding your why, um, which is what we wanted to talk about first. Um, so, Gem, do you want to start with this one? Well, yeah, I think with any sort of whenever you're starting a business, if you're doing anything in particular, you kind of have to have that why you're doing it in the first place. Because, I mean, if you don't have a why for why you're doing it, how are you going to have the sort of determination or any sort of drive? It kind of the why sort of lights the fire under your butt just to get you to start that action to actually take like, yeah, get going, really. 
Yeah, definitely. And um, I kind of, it's kind of links to another thing people always say, like, you know, if you're, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's that idea of setting targets in the same way. Uh, finding your why is also really, really important because it's, it is, as you say, the catalyst to really kind of get you, get your, you know, fires of passion burning and all that and really really push you push you forward on, on I, I think it, I think it's such an important thing really because I think a lot of people say oh yeah I want to start a business or I want to uh, be able to slam dunk or I want to whatever they want to set their goals as but actually are they are they doing it for the wrong reasons a lot of people say well I want to start a business because I want to earn more money or I want to be able to run the fastest so I can impress my friends or something like that so a lot of people start with basically the wrong reasons for why they want to start and I think that's really the key because I mean all these sort of superficial reasons won't get keep you going because as as you know like you're passionate about acting I'm passionate about digital I love video I love graphics I love this sort of stuff and so unless you're sort of creating something around these things you really enjoy I mean your passion's not going to last longer than a week because you're going to think actually I'm fed up waking up every morning and checking emails or I'm I would just rather go the easy like the easier route and just go work for somebody have my set tasks yeah and like so that's it, because like if you don't have a why, it's just not going to sustain you. Absolutely, and if if I can bring it to my own experience, you know, uh, being an actor, it, you know, I'm in one of the most competitive industries possibly in the world, um, to the point that you know not much money is made because um, it, there are actors out there that will work on projects for free, and so there are people that will you know, utilize that and cut costs where they can. Um, so being an actor isn't something that I do because it's, you know, a huge money maker. I mean, of course, if you're at the high end of the industry and you make it big, as they say, you know, you are earning millions. Um, Daniel Radcliffe being an example, you know, he's worth millions and millions and millions of pounds. But for the average actor, they only earn about £2,500 out of their acting per week. Um but, you know, it, it's something that I do because I love it and um, it's something that I really enjoy doing, which is then why I decided to create my theatre company, um, which is still in its very early stages. But it's it's the passion and it's the, and it's the why I do it. It's not about money for me. I do it because I love it. And if the money comes from it, all, all the more to it. Uh, obviously, a lot of people might be out there thinking, well, I don't actually have a reason why or I'm not really sure why I have my why or... I might have a why say, yeah, I want to be an actor, but it's not realistic in terms of maybe my why doesn't have a sort of business plan attached to it. And like we was talking about this a couple of weeks back, how a lot of people say, oh, find your passion and start your business. But sometimes your passion actually might not be the thing that's going to make you money. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so the the job in this uh, particular age uh, is really to find the way to make a living out of what you do, uh, which will come to you know, minimal viable living later on, which is a, a good strategy of doing that. Um, but if you're passionate about what you do and you do it in a way that brings value to other people's lives, eventually uh, the income's going to come so that you can sustain that passion and, and, and carry that carry that out. So like, like we are saying, obviously, um, in this podcast, we kind of want to go over how creating a business on the value you can add to people Maybe if it's a, even if it's a side business, then you can go ahead and you can kind of take those risks and think, well, actually, obviously acting is a hard career to get into. But actually, if you've got your business running aside, it gives you a lot more time to actually go and pursue those goals and to build up momentum in that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And there's and something that I'd, I'd actually quite like us to cover in depth in a future podcast uh, would be this view that actually in Western civilization, we're in a very, very lucky position where we can actually pursue the things which matter to us. We're not working to live 
and to survive if we don't want to. We're in a very lucky position. We can chase our passions. And it's something that I think, because we have that empowerment, we should do it. They think, for example, that in 50 years, well, I think it's 2050, that 50% of the USA will be freelance, which are people doing the work they want to do um, or doing it because they want to make money. Um, but yeah, I think that's um, I think that's great sort of lead up to basically firstly finding out how you can even start by um, um, using what's so our first point is actually on the minimal living aspect so this I think is a really important uh, point because I think a lot of people you come out of university and the first thing you're thinking is oh, or you come out you get made redundant first thing you think is oh how can I get that back how can I start having my own place to live and oh now I should probably be getting a car or maybe I should be moving out of my home and I think a lot of I think that thinking that way is quite negative for people and it kind of puts you on the back foot before you've even began your career in a way yeah Yeah, definitely and I think the way that society has been built over the last uh, at least 30 years um, certainly since I was a child is this idea that you you learn your skills you go out and you get employed by someone who then pays you for those skills and actually following the the great crash of 2008 I think it's really disrupted uh, that view and uh, we're in a position now where actually people are having to find their feet and find new ways of working because working for somebody else isn't always the most profitable way and people are realizing that um, gatekeepers are being ousted because at the end of the day you can if you want to write a book and publish it you can do it you can pop it on kindle people will buy it you don't need publishers for example and so it's opening up new new ways of of working and there's for new ways of, of living um the tough part about starting out on your own and kind of the fear of it is this idea of well where is my money coming from um which is why it's important to have minimum viable living in the sense that you know you need to be able to live as comfortably as you can with as minimal cost as you can so that you have more spare time where you're not trying to pay the bills in order to pursue your passions so wait could you sort of like obviously we both left uni at the same time. We both, well, I initially moved back with parents. I thought, yep, that's the cheapest way for me. I can, I don't have to pay too much rent. I've got my food covered, washing, etc. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think for you, obviously, when you left university, coming from Birmingham, you took the risk of actually coming down to London. Yeah. And so a lot of people, like even I might see that as a, that was a bit of a risk to take because obviously straight away you're throwing yourself into one of the most expensive cities in the UK. Yeah. And then you're also trying to say, well, actually, I'm trying to do this minimal viable living. So could you explain what was your process in that thought and how did you make sure that you were keeping to that sort of philosophy? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll openly admit to, to anyone um, that the I've because I've been in London for two and a half years now and it has been a bit of a roller coaster ride in that I did come straight down from university studying in Northampton. And I actually moved down before I'd even finished my course. The reason I moved down was because of I knew my why, which is what we talked about earlier. And I knew that I wanted to pursue an acting career. And the only really viable way of doing that was to move down to London where all of the opportunities are. Some people will argue that that might not be the case, but I strongly believe that it is. So I I made the move and I moved down with only, I think it was a thousand pounds in my pocket. Um... And it was, it was a big risk, but I was so convinced of what I wanted to do that it was, it was worth the risk for me. Um, the real hard part, um, which actually I don't think I managed to nail it until earlier this year, was getting this minimal viable living. I moved down, as you say, to the most expensive city in the country. And luckily my rent was 
not too high, which was a very good start. Um, but then I became obsessed with this idea of having to pay my bills and live as comfortably as I possibly could while still having the freedom to do what I what I want to do. Um, I've worked in call centres, I've worked behind bars, I've done all the stereotypical things that actors should do. Um, and actually, all of those jobs were completely unsuitable in the sense that actually I got trapped in this economy of working nine to five or however, whatever hours I worked at, to pay the bills and that was it. I, ha I wouldn't have enough time to, to chase anything else. Um, now, I was very fortunate in the fact that somebody left a job um, at just the right time, um, but somebody uh, in my network offered me that job, um, which we'll talk about utilizing your network later on. Um, the good thing about the job that I now have is that I spend probably 90% of my time at that job doing what I want to do. I... I st I'm still working whilst I'm there and I'm working on what they need me to do but the amount of things they need me to do is very minimal and so long I am essentially on standby for the whole time which means that whilst I'm on standby I can do what I want and get paid to do it which means that I'm utilizing my time in a in a double double sense I'm doing two jobs at once but one's so minimal obviously like what you say there I mean it's quite rare to find a job that what you can do that you know you can work on and I'm sure Absolutely. a lot of sort of young people or graduates are going to say well is it really realistic am I going to be able to find a job that allows me to kind of work on my own things on the side and it's kind of like you kind of think well when you leave uni and you've got your parents on your case they're telling you oh you've got you've got to get a job now that you're back home and it's kind of expected of you to have that nine to five so how did you sort of change the the way you thought to think actually but you you were lucky enough to notice that actually this nine to five living was pulling you away from the reason why you actually came down Absolutely. to London in the first place. So could you explain how you sort of got things into into order really, and how you worked out what your minimum costs were, and how obviously you were quite lucky. But how how can other people sort of find that job that allows them to work on their passion on the side? Yeah, I was I was very lucky. Um, I was definitely very lucky, and I I understand that actually it's not an option that's that's available to everyone. But actually, I think what was the most fundamental thing about that kind of journey that I've had over the last couple of years was that at all times I knew why I was in London, and um, so what was happening was I was just making small changes. Uh, there were some jobs I only lasted a couple of weeks. Um, because I realized that it was just going to pull me away from what I needed to do. And it was about making these small changes. The job that I currently have uh, is just a new position in a place that I was at before. Um, so I had already established the network there, and an opportunity came where the, the people I was working for completely understood what I was trying to do with my life, and so offered me at the first opportunity something that, would help me fulfill that um, and again it was very very lucky but I utilized my network I made sure that people that I was working for knew what I what my end goal was in life which is ultimately why they offered me the position and I said well this will this will be perfect for you um, and I was I am very very lucky but I think it's the mindset of knowing exactly what I want to achieve then made allowed me to make these small changes over a long period of time but these small changes, which then meant that I could chase that that passion, and I think that's that's the key. Obviously, when you leave uni, you're gonna have your parents breathing down your neck. You're gonna have people going, "Well, what are you doing with your life?" And it's like, okay, well, I'm working this job that I really hate. Um, 
you know, obviously that's you're not going to have that view of success. But then you have to ask yourself, well, what is success to you? Like success to most people seems to be, you know, earning huge amounts of money. And to me, I don't see that as success. I see success as do, spending the majority of my life doing what I want to do. So in a way, you sort of saw like your success was actually, you felt successful because although you were still working at this job, maybe you don't like, it's not your the job you want to do forever, but you always felt that on the side, you're still working towards it because Absolutely. everything you're putting in now is obviously paying off for this future goal, basically. Absolutely, yeah. And and I think, you know, it's it's very important that in some way, if there's any advice I could give to anybody who's just kind of leaving uni and knows exactly what passion they want to follow, if it's something you are going to have to do as freelance, anything that you do to earn your money should go towards that end goal in some way. It might not be directly like this job that I have. I work at a hotel on the reception. It has absolutely nothing to do with my acting career. But the value in it for me is that in that time, I can prepare emails for casting directors. I can prepare emails for agents. I can look at auditions and all that sort of stuff. In that time, I can read books, which boost my knowledge. I can do research. I can do all of that stuff whilst I'm doing this job. Another job that I've had is my teaching. Uh, I was I spent weekends teaching acting skills to uh, admittedly young kids, which meant I couldn't teach them really in-depth stuff, but it meant that I had to keep my skills refreshed, and that was the value of that job for me. Uh, one other thing I'd like to sort of talk about, Wayne, obviously there must have been times, I mean, I know a lot of people come down and maybe they they have that same mind frame, I'm just going to do this job for a little while, and obviously a lot of people get sucked into it, but there must have been times where you sort of we're doing that job and you thought, oh, actually, I'm, I probably am being a little bit unrealistic. There must have been times you thought, maybe I'm going to have to go back home or money's not coming in. I'm literally, I can't afford my food. The, re- the rent's coming out, the bill's coming. Like, could, Is there been any times where you literally felt like, okay, this doesn't sound realistic and maybe how you kind of overcame that? Um, I don't know if I ever had the thought of, okay, this doesn't seem realistic, but I certainly went through, particularly uh, the start of this year, I went through some serious, serious doubts. Um, my acting career was going at a very, very slow pace. Um, and at the end, the ultimate thing was I had to justify to myself why I was here in London. Um, because I hadn't done many acting projects, as I say, my career was going very, very slowly. And that was kind of why my mindset changed. Um, one of the things that I am deeply, deeply regretful of um about being in London is the fact that my one niece doesn't really know who I am. Um, she recognises me now. She's only two or three. Um, she recognises me now, um, but isn't very comfortable around me, whereas my other niece is very happy around me. She knows exactly who I am. And, and uh, it got to the point where I was kind of going, whilst I'm down in London, I am missing my niece growing up. Um, and so that was the point where I had to go, well... This has got to be worth my while to be down here. Um, and to go back to, to the actual question, there were there were definitely times where it was hard. Um, but I was so certain of what we talked about earlier about why I was there that I knew that changes had to be made and it was very, very easy for me to identify those changes which were spend less time earning money to pay your bills and spend more time doing what's important because ultimately, eventually, if you do that, 
So long as you provide value for someone, the money's going to come in and you're going to be able to pay your bills. So like if we go back to, like obviously we're talking about this minimal living, like could you sort of explain, like I know for me, like I moved back home, I knew that my mum was going to charge me a small amount of rent, I'm still living at home. And at the moment I know that if I live on minimum, as if I'm living on minimum sort of expenses, then obviously I can go ahead and I can start my own business on the side. I can take these risks. I don't have to think if I don't get a paycheck, well, I'm going to have to get, I'm be out on the street. Yeah. And so could you just explain maybe like, I know for me, I went through the numbers and worked out what sort of money comes out a week. I know you recently said that you kind of reevaluated all that. Yeah. Do you sort of maybe help um, our listeners in that process of really figuring out, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have all these things they do. I know I cut down going out partying now because you know how expensive it is for yeah. alcohol and stuff like that. So could you maybe give some tips or some advice of how you've sort of really broke it right down to what you, the really minimal stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as as uh, Jem just said, I was saying off, off air earlier um, that I had recently reevaluated uh, exactly what my costs were. Um, because I was realizing that something wasn't adding up with my with my finances, um, and I sat and worked out exactly what I have to spend every month. So my rent, uh, my travel to and from my job, um, my council tax, all of that sort of stuff. Worked out exactly how much I have to spend every month, regardless, uh, in order to actually live. And this was before food, because food bill can change depending on kind of what you want to eat and things like that. So other than food, I discovered that I had to earn at least £160 per week. Um, now, on average, I end end up earning about £200 per week. So that's about £40 left over for food and going out, enjoying myself and enjoying life for, for what it is. Um, and I actually realised that £160 isn't actually all that much. That's, what, 20 21 hours of, of work mm-hmm. um, in fact it's not even that because that's, that's kind of about the yeah actually no that's about £150 on the wages that I earn for my day job um, so actually I realised that actually that's not a lot of time working that's a part time job um, that's not even full time which means that actually and that's that's for me what I'm earning just to kind of let everybody know, you know what wage I'm <laughs> <Why not? laughs> um, you know that's about three three evenings of work a week for me but I mean I think I mean obviously you're saying they're 200 pound a week a lot of people are going to look at that and be like well do I really I mean you're saying okay after your expenses you're getting 40 pound a week a lot of people will be like well he's pretty poor then actually because he's yeah, not absolutely. really earning much money but then I guess it's not, not a comfortable lifestyle by any standard but then on the flip side as you say like if you're working three evenings a week how much extra time have you now got to really concentrate on the things you want to do and like if you're working nine to five, you're coming home, you're tired. Yeah, you have money, but yeah, so do your expenses go up. You decide to buy the car, you decide to have the better house, you decide to kit it out with all the latest gear. Yeah. And so basically you've you've trapped yourself. If a lot of people, to be honest, if a lot of people look at their paycheck at the end of the month, the expenses come out. After two weeks, practically at the end of the month, they've actually saved nothing. So yeah. although maybe you only have the £40 out of the 200 yeah, absolutely. if you save that compared to somebody else who has a full-time job, actually you're well off to them because yeah. the difference in expenses. Absolutely. And the brilliance about the way my work is set up, I all of my jobs are zero-hours contracts, which is probably something we should talk, talk about in another podcast. So actually I'm not guaranteed that work. Um but the job that I, my main job, because I have several, my main job, which is the hotel, I am guaranteed that work. Um, and But I have the freedom to say, I'm not going to be available next month. 
and they say, okay, we'll sort something out, no problem. But then I have some other other jobs as well where all I have to do is let them know my availability. And if they have work, they'll offer it me. So if I do need to earn more money, I can earn more money. The trap that I was in before was the fact that actually I was so... I realized that I'm living in the most expensive city in the country and I spent so much time earning money so that I could do what I wanted to do that actually it was counterproductive and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. The joy is that now I spend most of my mornings and about two or three days a week focusing on what I want to do. So actually I would say 70% of my time is working on the work I want to do. And working on yourself. Exactly. And ultimately what will happen is... Though that time spent is an investment and ultimately that will start to reap rewards. For example, um, you know, uh, I mean, this is going out after Christmas, I believe. We're recording it before Christmas. But um, by that point, I will have signed with a new agent, which I wouldn't have been able to do had I not had this so much time to invest on what I want to invest in. And having that agent is then going to provide me with more paid acting work, which then means that I'll be earning more money doing what I want to do, which is money I wouldn't have had before. So I'll have that plus the income I already have, which is then going to help me build the life that I want to do. And all of that money that comes from my acting work, I'm going to put back into my acting work because I have the money from my day job to live. And I and all of that extra, extra money from my acting goes back into my acting. So eventually, I'll be working at such a profit that I won't need that day job. And that's, it's all about building it slowly. I'm in exactly the same position at the moment, Wayne, as well. So I've obviously figured out how much I need minimal. And obviously, I've started up my own sort of digital agency doing social media management. So I'm kind of offering my services to people in my network. And I know that actually, I, I, I can make a couple of sales a week. Or I can make one video for somebody a week. And that's it. I've covered my cost for the week. I've, got, I've set up my minimal expenses. It also means then I can potentially have the rest of the week off to kind of read books as you say to work on myself and I think that's that's basically what we're trying to get across here is if you really figure out what your minimal costs are and you spend the rest of the time working on yourself you're going to reap the rewards because at the end of the day it's an investment in you and if you if you're really investing yourself the, the results are going to come out opportunities are going to open up like when you're stressed when you're going to work you're coming home you're so tired like Really, you're not thinking about oh, how can I how can I change my life? How can I actually take my take my skills, take my career to the next level? You're just thinking oh, can will I be able to get up tomorrow morning? And you're sort of stuck in this sort of cycle of just working, but there's no actual bigger outcome. Like you say, there's no why, there's no bigger goal. It's just I need to go to work, I need to pay my bills, and that's that's not a life you want if you want to kind of do the things you really enjoy. Yeah, at the end of the day, I say there are two types of people in the world. There are people that live to work and people that work to live. I work to live. I want the work that I do to take me to amazing places that I've never seen before. Um, I know a lot of actors that have said, yeah, but I really want to travel. And I say, okay, that's fine. But I would rather travel whilst I'm doing my acting work. I'd rather get an acting job, which will let me go to the Caribbean. I know a guy that spent two weeks in the Caribbean filming an advert. He got paid to do that rather than paying to go to the Caribbean. I'd rather do that. I would rather my work enrich my life as well as the lives of others. Whereas there are other people that just live to work. And those are the people which get up, they go to their nine to five, they come home, they're that exhausted, they don't do anything that they're passionate about. They just relax, let their mind switch off, and then repeat. And they live for the weekend. And that's fine if that's the sort of thing that you want to do, but that's not what I want my life to be. I'd rather work and live working. 
So, what, so obviously we're going to go on to the next point, which is obviously we've talked a lot. We're lucky enough that we have each other to kind of support. I've got a few friends that are kind of have the same mindset, but I think there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds nice. Yeah, have your passion. It does sound quite like anybody would want that. It sounds good. But at the end of the day, you have those times where you think, again, it's not realistic and everybody around me is t- doing a nine to five. So I'm at home plugging away I do my part-time work but then I'm just going to be thinking really is this is this like I even think it myself sometimes I I sit at home and I'm actually just laying on my bed reading a book and I know that people are getting up for work or people are sort of stressing about I see people running around all busy in the streets and you just think am I being really am I being realistic am I sort of am I cheating at life like is it I'm not saying I'm, I'm successful in any sense of that I'm not saying I have too, so much money or anything like that but I just feel happy that I'm actively making the choice to say well today I'm gonna get up and read a book or today I'm just going to work on my website or I'm going to try to find a new customer. So like I want to say, like we want to go into this, how important it is to have sort of like a mastermind group between each other. Cause we do, we are lucky. We do have each other to say, well, if one of us is having a bad day and they sort of thinking, Oh, actually, I don't know if this is working out, we can pep each other up. So I was just thinking maybe yeah. we should talk a little bit about how important it is to have those people around you to actually support yeah, definitely. you. I actually like to touch on the fact that actually this podcast has come from, the fact that we are each other's mastermind group and kind of realize, well, why don't we put this out to other people as well? Um, and I'd actually like to go back to the journey that I've I've had what, since I moved down to London. And actually, I remember having a conversation with you about six months ago, maybe even a little bit less than that. And I just went, oh, Jem, I'm so hap- unhappy with my life. I, honestly, I've become a person I don't want to be. I'm not pursuing what I want to pursue. Um, I'm just spending all of this time trying to keep a roof over my head and trying to eat. Um, <laughs> and, and it's not good for anyone. I feel unhealthy. I feel unhappy. I feel uninspired. I burnt myself out, essentially. Um, and that was when you were kind of introduced the idea of a mastermind group to me and kind of saying, you know, well, you know, it's good that you've got me here to kind of boost you and you've got your flatmates who are also actors to kind of boost you up and how important it is to to have that and actually that same day my mindset completely 180'd if that's even a correct term. Um, <laughs> I want to get that checked out. <laughs> I, I had a complete U-turn, we'll go with U-turn of my, of my kind of frame of mind um, and it was, I think it was ultimately because of this idea of the mastermind group and you know putting ideas forward to people and go, have you tried this or can I try that? Do you think it will work? And people going, well, maybe tweak this, maybe tweak that. And it, it really, really, really helped me. And I, I would recommend to anyone. And it's that idea, as you were saying, I think just before the show, you know, if you're around people that think the idea of success is to be working a nine to five job where you're getting paid 15 pounds an hour, you know, that's, you know, that's good. Yeah, I, get I, like only 15 pounds an hour. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, but then if you're around those people, that's going to be your measuring stick for success. If you're around people that think being successful is being able to spend 100% of your life doing something you love, that's the success you're going to be aiming for. And that's why a mastermind group's important. Obviously, we were quite lucky. We um, we clicked university. We were plotted together at, in our in our dorms at university. But I mean, there's a lot of people that say, "Yeah, it's nice," but I've got my I've got my family and my cousins and whoever else, my friends. But they're just not that mindset. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm listening to this podcast because yeah, I'd love to be able to maybe surround myself with people who think like you. But I mean, for me, I know that I've gone out and met so many people, and I and I was just wondering like. How how would you say you've got to bet other people? Because, I mean, we're in each other's networks, but I know there's been a few things I've done, which I'll, I'll explain later, 
that I've done to actually get out there to meet these people because there's a lot of people out there that do think like that but and and in some ways you're drawn to each other but sometimes taking that first step to actually find those people is quite daunting yeah and I think this is where actually I have to come clean and actually say that I look at my network and actually think it's not that powerful of a network um the agent that I'm just about to sign with has asked me for a list of my industry contacts and I'm going why industry contacts <laughs> like I'm scraping the barrel it feels sometimes to kind of go okay yeah these are my contacts these are going to be, be going to be good and actually I think part of my failing in the last few years has been the fact that I've not allowed my network to grow much beyond what it was when I left university and left my training um, but is that again goes back to the the fact that you say that in that time the last year you say you only figured things out so because yeah. you didn't have the time to start building your network you didn't you're too focused on earning the money to keep the roof over your head rather yeah. than actually like attending these sort of free events to find people in your network. Absolutely. And, you know, particularly in the creative industries and in the freelance industries, your success comes from uh, those people that say, look, I worked with this guy. He was amazing at what he did. Hire him. Or do you want me to make the call and and ask him if he wants the job, you know? And that's that's where it comes from. Like my my housemate, who's also an actor, has most of his work, which has been very good work, has come from people he's already worked with. Um, so I mean, it's tough because for for my industry, your network, there's no better way of building your network than working with people, um, particularly in my industry. But the the catch twenty two is that to work with more new people you have to get the job and the easiest way to get the job is to work with new people so it's it's kind of tough in in my industry but i think if you put yourself out there and you you make it known i mean one of the problems i had in the last couple of years and was kind of something i think i said to you in the summer was nobody knows who i am i'm in this industry and i'm working my absolute butt off but nobody knows who i am nobody knows my name um, to go to networking events, I think they're good. I think they're good. No, I, I know for me because obviously when I came out of uni, the first, I mean, I was I was getting down. Obviously, couldn't find jobs, and then you see online a blog saying, "Oh, just start attending networking events. You get yourself some uh, Vista print uh, business cards printed up." And then <laughs> I just started attending free events. And then yeah. when you go, then you just start meeting people, and then you start clicking with certain people. You give out your card, and actually, to be honest, I've got friends that I've been working with now that I met at these sort of events, the free events. So the first thing I'd say is just get onto the computer and find out what's what's around near you, what's going on. Find out. I mean, Twitter's a great way of networking. Just finding Absolutely. people talking about stuff you're interested in, and I just think it's so important to find people around you that really get you and really on those days. Like one thing I really love as well is to say that my people, the people I have around me, is that in some ways they're quite naive but they're they're naive in a positive way so like when you say you have an issue they're like oh that's fine you'll get over it and you'll do this and it'll come and sometimes you need that person to actually kind of they might not even know that a situation is like easy to overcome but actually just having them to say you can do it like i, I believe that you can do yeah. it just having someone to say yeah no why don't you just try it out it might fail but just give it a go yeah. rather than these people around you that say oh i don't think that's going to work or they figure out 20 different ways of why that'll never work or why somebody's already done it and so just having someone around you that just kind of gives you the authority just says yeah just go for it i think that's just so key yeah i i, I definitely agree because most of the time i mean one of the one of the reasons my network's probably quite small is that you you have this self-doubt that somebody's gonna go oh piss off i don't want to talk to you um but if you have that someone there going no you can do that 
just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? You know, at the end of the day, if that if that person you go up to go, oh hey, so I do this, I do that. How can I help you? How can I be of value to you? If that person turns around and says, well, you're not going to be of value value to me, so move along. All you've lost is that one potential contact. That's it. You didn't have them to begin with, so you haven't lost anything other than a little bit of your time. And okay, yeah, maybe a little bit of your your own self confidence, but that will build. And I think, that like you build. say, there, like when you do get rejected, and you will get rejected. Not everybody has time to bring a new person into the network, and not everybody wants to. Hurt. Like some people, once they've got their mastermind group, they like to stick, keep it together, keep it close knit, and you will get rejected. But the thing is, you kind of get comfortable with it. You talk to someone, you give them your card. And maybe you don't hear anything back, but you get so comfortable knowing that, okay, that's one person that doesn't want me, but maybe the next person will. And you get close to that yes or that new connection. So it's always, as you say, like it's always worth just to ask because if you don't ask, the result's the same either way. You're going to fail. You're not yeah. going to get a number. Well, there's an athlete. I can't remember which athlete it was that said, uh, you fail 100% of the shots that you never take. Yeah, I've heard that one. <laughs> um, and it's true. If you If you don't go for it, you're never going to know. And that's the worst thing is quite often you might be left with that. Oh, what if I did that? And if you just did it, at least you'll know what the outcome was. Um, I think that's a nice uh, sort of area to sort of wrap things up. I think, I think so. Obviously, Absolutely. as you know, this is our first podcast. So we're not, we, we're just learning. We want to find out what you guys want to listen to, what you're interested in, what areas you kind of want to find more about. Again, we're not we're not going to say we're highly successful people we're not raking in the money like we literally just we enjoy like learning and we enjoy sharing what we've learned and doing things we enjoy basically we just want to make sure that a lot of other people can actually take advantage of that it's like it's the digital economy there's a lot of opportunity out there nowadays there's so much people can be doing and so hopefully if you've got any feedback to give us on the podcast please um we've both just set up our um email accounts mine is gem at powerful com and it's gem c-e-m and uh wayne if you want to just pass over your email <laughs> yes and my email is wayne at powerfulnonsense.com as well so if you send that across to either of us we'll pick that up uh we'll email you back if we can or we might even bring it up um in a future podcast as, as well um just to reiterate what gem said you know we're we're new to this we're we're, we're learning as well um so so hopefully we've we've not messed up too much um but you know we're we're just here to kind of provide our observations of of the world and how the world's working because the world is drastically changing at the moment with you know digital and also you know with the recession still being recovered from um people so they are say. looking at the way <laughs> so they say uh people are still looking at ways to kind of improve their lives and make their lives more more uh successful obviously being goals. a digital people um do you want to give out your twitter handle and i can give out yes, mine and obviously uh, obviously the website the podcast is going to be going out on powerfulnonce.com it's it's a blog that both um well i've been writing at the moment but wayne's going to definitely be getting involved in that a lot more so it's powerfulnonsense.com yep and if you want to speak to me on twitter you can do so uh with the tag at wayne underscore ingram which is i-n-g-r-a-m and my twitter handle is uh it's actually c-k-y-i-l-d-i-z it's actually c-k yielders yielders being my surname so yeah you can obviously if you want to just go straight over to the um uh to the blog powerfulnonsense.com our contact details will be on there yeah and just thank you so much for listening this is the first one and let's hope for let's hope for a lot more and um yeah yeah thank you very much see you later bye